The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. With me, my co-host, Matt Keogh. Matt, how are we doing today? Good. Um, student teaching getting any better, any less chaotic, or still... Oh, I love it. Love it, but still still just all over the place? Love it, but I'm tired every day. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Um, with us today, our special guest, um, a gentleman. Um, all the stuff that we've Matt and I have talked through about the years about doing stupid stuff at Park Camp with the sumo, with everything else. Uh, this man has witnessed firsthand and more. Um, Rob Liner, welcome to the show. Thanks, Larry. Uh, Rob texted me. Uh, what was it? Two, three weeks ago. He's like, he's like, listen to the episode. He's like, sounds kind of cool. I was like, dude, come on up. I was like, come on on. And that that's literally all it took. Yeah, and the <laughs> stories are as dumb as you make them out to be at Park Camp. So, it's oh, there. Uh, listen, you've seen you've yeah. seen the sumos. You've seen. In fact, you were um, when I would come out as the Rinkin Puss. You were part of the Rinkin Puss. What did they call it? The Secret Service or oh, yeah. whatever it was. Um, I forgot about you that. did all you. Did you ever do any of the Family Feud or the uh, Double Dares or any of that uh, nonsense? I was a lot of uh, Hollywood Squares. Hollywood uh, Squares. Especially when you fit that niche as the common lifeguard. Um, <laughs> That's right. We had to get the lifeguards yeah. involved. Larry, with all his extensive planning, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the re- reoccurring characters. The, <laughs> the, uh, the let's recycle something every, like, couple years, basically. <laughs> now Every, every couple. That was every, uh, year. every year. Hey, but we put spins on it. Were you the one thing I missed? Were you there with the with the infamous Star Wars meltdown Family Feud day? That was the one week I was not there, um, where uh, uh, a certain counselor just were you were you did you witness that or no? I was there for that. I was <laughs> saying we don't want to go into too much, but that was one where I just uh, all I I because I remember. Uh, Danny Myers was hosting that day. I asked him, I was because I had to go out of town on a, on a quick emergency. Um, so kind of threw it at Danny the last minute. And uh, I ended up texting him, I don't know, later that day, like around four or five, like, how'd everything go? He's like, oh, Family Feud went great. So-and-so quit. Just stormed out. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? So things got a little uh, kooky, but that was uh, that would have been a fun thing to be involved. Apparently, yeah, it just got I mean, worse and worse throughout the day. At the camp, there's everyone. You had, well, especially back in back once upon a time, you used to have to be a teacher to to work there. So now they'll now it's like being a teacher. Now <laughs> they'll take if you got a pulse. But exactly. there, uh, I don't know. There were some pretty talented uh, people thinking on the spot. Oh so, yeah, um, it was always fun. I'm telling you, well, these I'm still, I'm still, still there, still, still kicking it, still camp, kicking. But, um, man, some of the, some of the stuff it, to entertain ninth grade kids to kindergarten kids, it's got to be everywhere in between, and it gets done. It's now. What, what year is this for you? I finally tapped. This was the the first summer. This past summer was the first summer I didn't do it. I tapped at, 
I think it was 14 years, 15 years, four, 14 years, I believe. What year are you on? Well, I started off, I didn't have a job yet. Um, when I, you know, around 2011, you couldn't find one. Nope. As any teacher knows. So I got brought on second-handedly um, as the athletics person. I was going to say, you started as and athletics. Then, I'm sorry. I had a job for one year, and it was in the Adirondacks. Um, and I was like the, the, essentially the athletic director of that school along with all this other stuff. So I was doing a ton of stuff in the summer having to do with our sports teams coming up for the fall. So I was doing that, and I got brought on as the athletic whatever person. Yeah, because you did Which, you did older, right? I did older camp athletics, and to plan for that and do athletic director work at the same time was a lot. So I, after my first year, I went to the head head person, and I was like, "Hey, I, I have to do something else. Like, there's no way if I'm still at this school in the Adirondacks, I'm trying to come home. But if if I'm out there, I have to switch it's to just something too much. Else. Yeah, so I. Spent one year there. I did two years and seven boys just counseling. So I'd take them. That's right. I forgot you were a head counselor. Yep. So I'd take them to and from. And that was great. The kids were old enough. And, um, you know, the kid, the kids are, for the most part, pretty, pretty well behaved there. So I spent two years doing that. And then uh, not including COVID, I think this was, I just, this last summer was my third year at the pool. I don't know. It's, it's like, if you break it down, it's like uh, seven-ish including COVID, about seven, seven in there, somewhere in there. I was going to say, so you've worked your, you, you've, you did the thing. And it, it seems like once you get to the pool, that's kind of like, all right, I'm just going to settle in here for the next 15, 20, 30 years. Well, I hit <laughs> early retirement. So I, uh, you know, I, uh, I, hey, pa- I, I passed I, it in early. So. I thought I was going to retire at the pool for a while. I did, <laughs> I did uh, upper athletics. In fact, I think. I might be mistaken, but I think you took over for me when I left Upper Athletics. I think then that year you you started, maybe. Did uh, Brian Vitello, he might have been in there year. I don't know. Or maybe all, all these, all, all these years all, blend together. They all blend know? in. And it's all the same the same people, uh, which you enjoy seeing every summer. Oh, absolutely. You know? So, I mean, teachers tend to be pretty uh, go with the flow and tend to have fun and Absolutely. Um, you know, you can you can have your fun at the camp and No, and I've said it before, and that's kind of why you like you said, I mean, when I first started, and there still are a ton of talented people at the camp that are working there, very creative. Um, but the big reason why I kind of, you know, felt it was time, it was just, you know, Bill had gone, Dan had gone, a couple of people and, and I started I started to feel like I looked around. I remember the last summer I looked around and like all right, 20-something-year-old, 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 20-something-year-old. But, like, you know what? I, I just started feeling like the old man at the club. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm 33, <laughs> and I remember the last couple of years, like, going to the dinner that we have and being like, wow, I all these people are now kind of gone, and the, you know, the quote-unquote younger ones around my age have kids, and they're moved on with mm-hmm. their significant others, and um, a lot of the older people, people whose kids went to the camp that's why they kind of doubled up they got paid the kid their kids were they, they kind of phased out and there's a lot of talented people there but uh, i remember kind of the last couple dinners uh just kind of standing on the side being like 
Okay, this is, uh, I'm obviously uh, getting older here. <laughs> you it, start this, feeling this, your age. This doesn't look the same. <laughs> you start feeling your age. Like I said, I just turned 42 in October, and I was, even last year at 41, I was like, okay, it's, you know, it's it's time. Yeah. It's my time. Yeah. But um, we're going to do our coming in hot segment, and did you guys see the power, I can't remember if it was the Powerball or Mega Millions. I think it was the Powerball just hit, they didn't, they said it came from somebody in California, but $2.4 billion, and it's one ticket winner. Like, that is ungodly. They said even if even after taxes, if the person were to take the lump sum, I forget, you can get, like, what is it, 26-year uh, payments or something. Or something uh, or, but uh, even if they took the one lump sum payment they're, after taxes, they're getting $997 million. That's going to be gone. Like that. <laughs> that's going to be gone? Well, that's the problem. Like with the people that win like the lottery, they don't know how to spend this money, and like half the time they blow through it. Listen, I'm not a genius, but I'd <laughs> like to think that I could keep 997 million for the rest of my life and not have to worry. I think it depends on all. who wins it. Yeah, but even that amount of money, do you think it's going to go? Like, I don't know. I couldn't spend that amount of money if I wanted to. <laughs> like, even just stupid investments. I mean, as a as a teacher, as a, as a younger teacher, I'd like to give it a shot. I was gonna say, give me that opportunity. <laughs> let me let me try, and I'll have as I'll have more fun than anybody on this planet trying to spend it. Got to be in it to win it, Larry. But man, nine hundred ninety-seven million after taxes. I'm. Uh... What would you do with that money if you had it? <laughs> a whole lot of like, I <laughs> listen. I would just have fun. I mean, besides doing dogs, besides, so many dogs. besides doing, I guess, the responsible stuff by buying a house, buying a car, paying off debt, this and that. I'm pretty sure for like at least five years, I would just travel the world like just let me spend like a couple months here. Let me spend a couple months here. Let me spend like a couple months here. Let me buy a house here and just live here for a year or so. <laughs> like I just. I'm, I guess I'm too old to like be like. Listen, I'm gonna throw party after party. I'm not that, but I would just, I would just have a whole lot of fun. Like I would just have a whole lot of fun. Would you give money away to people? Just be, would you be like that kind of guy who's just like tipping like super amounts? Oh yeah, yeah. In fact, I've always said like I'd be the guy, but I would I'd be the guy. I always wanted to do this and be that guy that just goes on like Christmas Day or Christmas Eve goes to like. A poor air, a poor area, and you know, like just one of those, just poor little diners, like dump diners. Buy like a cup of coffee and like a small little breakfast, and drop down like ten thousand dollars on the table, and just, just leave. Just a cold hard mill. Just <laughs> it's like here you go. Actually, at that point, yeah, I would just drop it off a cold mill, and just walk away. Just doing like no publicity. Just like who the hell was that guy? Like just change lives like that. I always thought that'd be cool as hell. Okay. But that's just me. Very noble act of you. Noble act. I figured that would take care of like the rest of the stupid stuff I planned on doing for that year, you know, with the money. <laughs> it's a give and take. You know, you got you to gotta cleanse the soul a little bit. Would you keep working or would you quit? Um, like, you know, people are like, oh, I would keep working, just wouldn't get paid for it. Listen, I tell you what, coaching, yes. Um, teaching, I'd probably give up teaching. But I'd probably still coach. I'd probably do it for free. Or be like, listen, take my salary and like, you know, um, put it back in into the team or whatever. Right. Um, 
but yeah, I'd still I'd still coach soccer and uh, track and field. You could buy the Bills for nine hundred ninety-seven mil. I don't think so. Aren't they? No, be like, yeah, you'd no, need at least like, like two Bills. Like, that's, didn't they say? Bills? Didn't they say if the Redskins were going, if uh, Snyder decides to sell the Redskins, it's going to be like six or seven Bills? The, the who? The, the football team. The football team. What are they called now? The commanders, commanders now. <laughs> the, the Washington team. The Washington um, team. The Washington who knows what's. But uh, they'd be worth like six or seven billion oh, for gosh. somebody to own that team. Well, they'd be taking on a lot of debt, too, because that Snyder's run that team into the ground. And that whole organization. Yeah. True. And aren't they looking for a new stadium? Or? Oh, yeah. I heard FedEx feels like a train wreck. True. Well, I mean, they could be like Buffalo and just get eight hundred and something million from the the city or county or state or whatever. Too soon. Uh, speaking about the bills, though, <laughs> that uh, that Josh Allen did. Do we? All right. Do we need to talk about Saturday's game, Sunday's game? I'd love to talk about Saturday's game. What game? I was, a little, I was a little pissed off at the Syracuse game Saturday, but I thought they should have won. But uh, the Sunday game, just do we need to talk about it, or can we just? Pass it, like, not only mentioned, but, and with the Allen injury, all right, you can tell the first throw after the injury, he, you know, he shook it off, but he dropped like a 69, 70-yard bomb into Davis's hands. Okay, the coverage was tight. The coverage was there. Could have been pass interference, but Davis has got to make that catch. Like, that's just. It shouldn't have been that close of a game. No, it shouldn't have. He shouldn't have thrown those two interceptions. That's the thing. With his last four picks, if you go back to the Green Bay game and if you go back to the the Jets game, it's not only the fact that he's thrown now four interceptions in two games, but those have been four of the worst interceptions They're like Nate Peterman interceptions. Yeah. Like they, the one to Knox, all right, he's high. He couldn't see behind the lineman. Really? Like, who are you throwing to? It was bad. I don't know. Our defense is kind of worrisome. I think we're set up to beat Kansas City, which is – fine but it's not fine if your secondary's totally depleted and then milano killed us him not playing we're not set up to really stop the run which i thought we were i thought we were with all those big boys yeah i the inside did not get the push i thought that we would to kind of i don't know free up the secondary to try to cover the thing that killed me on that last drive where the jets uh ultimately kick the field goal to take the lead to win it. They're backed up at their four. As a Bills defense, why are you still in cover two? It's you're playing against Zach Wilson, not Pat Mahomes. Why are you still backing everybody off? I mean, they didn't back everybody off. They didn't go full prevent, but they backed. Why are you not loading the box, at least anticipating one run from the four? Worst case, you bring pressure and force uh, Wilson to throw, which he's proven that he is an awful quarterback under pressure. Why are you not sending any pressure on, on the Jets at their own four-yard line? Like, why? I mean, they ran, what, was it seven or eight runs and clipped off 78, 80 yards? I mean, how? It's a, I don't know. It, it seems with uh, who's the Leslie Frazier? Leslie yeah, Frazier. Thank you. Like the head head coach, so whatever his title is, defensive coordinator. Yeah, it's like a bend not break, right? So we do allow one of the one healthy healthy secondary. We do allow 
what it was it the least amount of passing touchdowns. So yeah, I think it's I think it's Ben not break down the field. Hopefully they make a mistake, but. Yeah, but Ben not I mean, break. When you give up 80-something yards on seven straight runs, that's not Ben not break. That's that's like you're broken. Like you're destroyed. I don't know if I trust our secondary with the makeup right now with the injuries to, I mean. I keep saying. Jaquan Johnson on the back end would look not great. <laughs> and And I don't think people realize just how – Let's be honest, and, our, and our, I'm not hitting the panic button, so I don't want to hear, oh, don't worry, you know, he knows nothing, he's a pessimist, blah, 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 blah. I get enough of that from my, my text that I'm on with some of my buddies. Jesus, every time something goes wrong, Larry's pissed off. But I don't think, how, I don't think people realize just how impactful that uh, Micah Hyde injury was and Jordan Poyer on the back end. I mean, Poyer's going to come back hopefully this week, but I think it, Micah Hyde that defense just they haven't been awful but that defense just doesn't look the same no, without him back especially there. like Hamlin they try to try to resemble him Hyde as far as blitzing it's just it's not the same it's just not it's just not the same when he got hurt I was I thought that was massive yeah oh absolutely um the good news is is hopefully white I'm hoping he's going to play next week although I thought he would play against the Jets but um, who knows how he's going to play, though? He's been out. He hasn't what? He hasn't seen a snap since no, since Thanksgiving of last year. Yeah, so, so almost a year. I I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people are expecting him to come out of the gate and be like, "Oh, he's Travis White." That we not? No, I I, I think it's going to be, and they're going to test him when the first game that he's active. I feel like the other team's going to test oh, him for sure. I'm sure if he does play um, in the Minnesota game on Sunday. I'm sure they're going to have Jefferson going. I was going to say, who do you think he's going to cover? Though, I think he's going to be on a pitch count. I think he's only going to get maybe uh, 40, 50% of the defensive snaps. But for sure, um, Minnesota's going to try to match up Jefferson on him. Worst case, he's covering Thielen, which Thielen, I think he'll shut down. Hopefully Cousins isn't having a game. Cousins is just, well, listen, I didn't think Wilson was all that great, and Wilson beat him, but... I'm still not worried about Minnesota. I still think this team's going to the Super Bowl. I still think this team is going to get, even though they kind of gave away their cushion a little bit, but I think they're going to get the uh, the first round uh, first round bye. But I mean, they're all professional, right? So KC pretty much should have lost to Tennessee yeah. yesterday. And even think about last year, we lost to the Jaguars. I mean... They're all there, so. Yeah. I really thought, though, with how badly they played, not didn't play horrible, but their offense didn't look great against Green Bay. They still won by 10. I kind of thought, like, all right, that's their wake-up call. They had a little bit. They got away with playing an awful game. Allen threw two miserable picks, and I really was expecting them in the Jets game just to dominate. It didn't happen. Um, They went through this lull last year. Um, before I think like, what was it? Week 14, 15, when they just started ripping everything apart again. Um, yeah, but if you want that number one seed, you can't have like these like mid season lulls. You can have them, but you've got to still win the game. I mean, look yeah. at, like Rob said, look at Kansas city. They didn't play great against Tennessee. They won. They didn't play great against, what was it? Indianapolis or did Indianapolis beat them? Who was their other loss to? I think Indy beat. Was it Indy beat them? 
they honestly should have lost uh, the first game against the Chargers. Um, I mean, there were a couple games they should have lost, but they still managed to win. I'm just thinking like coaching. I'd rather be peaking towards the end and oh, absolutely have this downfall now. Home seed would be great, and last year, if we did get the home seed, it might be a different outcome with the game, but I'd still rather have a team peaking at the right time than kind of sauntering into the end. <laughs> and I think we will. Um, and you know what? If they're saying, too, with the Allen injury, that it could be an injury that he had, um, what is it, his first year in the league, where he ended up oh, missing. Oh, with a shoulder? Three, yeah. yeah. Um, where he ended up missing, like, three or four games. Um but uh, I, I don't know. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to be fine. And uh, they're still getting the Super Bowl. And I still say it, if they don't, it's a busted season. It's got to be. It's a win. It's a winner. Winner. You're pissed off season. Hopefully the stars align and the people we need to be back come back when we need them. So like Milano's healthy. Poyer's healthy. White's working in his full again. Josh Allen. Yeah. And, I mean, it didn't seem like – now here's another thing, too, with the Milano injury because they did this during the Steelers game where they said if it was basically anybody tougher, um, was it Edmonds who didn't play, Poyer didn't play. Um, they held out like three or four starters on that game just because they were banged up but said, listen, if it was somebody harder, basically it came out that they would have played. I really hope that wasn't the case with the Jets, I, you know, yeah. where if – all right, well, if this is Kansas City, Milano's playing. If this is Kansas City, Poyer's playing. It's a divisional game. Just win the damn game. I think they got <clears throat> I think they got too comfortable again. I feel like they, they misunderestimated the Jets, and that punched them in the mouth. Well, It's like the Jaguars game, I feel. I agree. Like Rob said, um, listen, there's a lot of football left. Hopefully you peak at the right time, you know, Week 15, 16, 17, you're, you're flying high again like they were last year. And uh, let's hope the AFC Championship game is 13 seconds shorter. Man, I'm wait- so we're going to the Super Bowl. I'm waiting for that, for that Eagles team to finally lose one. But I just their schedule looks like very friendly. I know. They're, I think their only real competition would be their, their second matchup against the Cowboys. I was looking at the Chiefs schedule, too, to they're- see who they lost against. They lost against us and the Indianapolis Colts, by the way. Okay. Um, but their schedule's looking really easy. Yeah. Like, really easy. So There's another one. Their their toughest one might be the Chargers on the rematch. Yeah, that's about it. Everything else, the Broncos, the Raiders. But again, we thought the same thing about the, but once they get past the Packers, Buffalo's going to win them all. And so you never know. It's, uh, well, no, I knew Minnesota was going to be a hard game because Minnesota's also, what, they're 7-1, and one, right? They're 7-1. and one. I'm not worried about them. Well, actually... If our run defense doesn't, you know, if their run defense plays like it did the last two weeks, I got Delvin Cook in one of my fantasy leagues, so it could be a, it could be a, could be a good week. For it you. could be a good week, but a week that I'm pissed off at. All right, speaking of that, so now Rob, you're, um, you're getting ready for your season to start over at uh, Hamburg, a little, um, a little uh, boys basketball. Actually, I got girls. Or girls basketball, girls, sorry. Uh, girls <laughs> Would it be mod. misinformed? Wait, wait, so, see, that's how prepared I am on this game. <laughs> I, coached, I coached boys varsity a couple years ago at Wilson, uh, but the last two years, this last year and this year, uh, girls mod. I used to t- coach girls varsity one of my previous schools through my long venture. 
now you guys are starting because I know for indoor track we start um, next Monday. Is it kind of the same thing with you guys next week? Nope. Are you varsity or JV? Uh, for indoor, it's all varsity, JV, everything's yeah, together. So actually, modified starts extremely late this year. Normally, modified seasons third week in November. This year, it's actually after Thanksgiving. Really? Yeah. The, wow. No, now, does it November does it pretty 28th. much go all the way till February? Yep. Okay. Yep. Mid February, same as same as varsity schedule, but it's always a week later. This just fell odd this year. Okay. I was going to say there's some like even I figure for. Um, even the indoor season, it seems like we would usually start this week, like the second the second Tuesday in November. This Correct. year, it kind of yeah. seems like a, a week later too. Um, I've had that for soccer, where I've you know I've started at varsity, went down to modified, went to JV, kind of all over that place. Do you have a little like different, even just different feel for like coaching modified than coaching from coaching varsity, from coaching JV, or is it just hey, this is basketball, same strategy, same everything, let's go. No, I mean, I am running vastly different offenses and can get away with much more coaching varsity, whether it's girls or boys, especially boys, than what I'm doing right now. But as far as the demands or the expectations or the non-negotiables that I have set in practice, that's not changing, right? That forms culture. And my non-negotiables for my varsity boys a couple of years ago are the same non-negotiables that I have with my modified girls now. Absolutely. Gender, age, it really doesn't change. No, it should be all the same. Um, and I've done the boys, the girls, and it's, uh, I actually started with girls soccer, then went to boys, then went back to girls. And um, you just got to keep those basic principles, the philosophy, everything the same. Yeah, I mean, it can get off track quickly if you don't stay on top of it. So, Oh, for sure. Um, you know, the culture doesn't change. What I'm running is going to tra- change drastically from boys to girls and especially from varsity to modified. Uh, that's going to change. But um, as far as establishing the culture, at least, and just keeping my non-negotiables present, it makes my job easier. Now, with uh, modified, like how how connected are you to the JV and the varsity program? Like I know some schools um, – They'll do it where Modified runs their thing, JV runs their thing, Varsity runs their thing. Other schools like to keep in close contact with all three. Um, how close are you like with the, the JV program, with the with the Varsity program, or do you guys just kind of do your, your own separate stuff? Uh, I'm at Hamburg now. Hamburg does a pretty good job of it's one program from Varsity to Modified. Um, essentially, I'm answering to the Varsity coach who's the head of the program, but I'm lucky enough where she kind of knows my history of coaching and really kind of leaves me alone for the most part, um, okay. which I'm thankful for. Um, and hopefully I, I do a decent enough job to where uh, she trusts me enough. Uh, but um, the, the uh, head varsity coach, um, you know, runs the whole program, and I answer to her at the end of the day. Um, but really I'm, I'm left alone for the most part. So she she lets you know that she's there, but she still lets you do your thing. Correct, yeah. Now, as far as, like, I one year I coached Cleve Hill. I coached their JV program. Um, and I know when I was uh, varsity, when JV had the game first, uh, the varsity coach would be my assistant. And then when the next game, you know, varsity usually played right after, I would be their assistant. But we tried to, 
Again, he didn't tell me what offenses and what plays to run at JV level, but he kind of made a, a good suggestion. Like, listen, we want you running almost the exact same plays as varsity does. That way, in case we need to call up some of your kids throughout the year, they they have a good grasp of the of the plays of the playbooks. Is it kind of the same thing that you guys do over in uh, in Hamburg? I think basketball in general is completely different. So, and especially with modern day basketball, where it's spread out and on the outside, and I'm more worried about kids reading the defense and trying to react off of that than an actual set play. So instead of running like, I mean, if the ball gets into the short corner, you know, what's an action that you can run? What's an action on the other side that you can run? Are you going to run like a split split cut or whatever? Um, you know, I just want to give them options and have them react instead of me kind of formulating something to then get sent up to JV and, you know, the more they know, the better before they hit varsity. But majority of modified is I is just I want them to be able to to read and react. Okay, very smart. And just get them, you know, get them their, that basic fundamentals to get them to the next level. Yeah, I mean, uh, essentially, with more rules than an actual offense anymore, with how new basketball is, um, you know essentially we're going to run something similar. Um, there's going to be different actions, but it's going to be essentially reading the defense and playing off of that. Okay. Um, let's go back to your, what was the first, what was your first uh, coaching job for basketball? Do you remember your first school or first? Well, my first, when I, when I received a job or my first coaching job, just subbing. Either, both. Uh, my first coaching job was a modified boys job. I was 22. It was around 2012 when it was impossible to get a job. Um, and I was just being a sub. And I went back to my hometown and uh, coached, I think, a modified boys team. Okay. Um, and then my first regular, hey, was when I taught in actually the smallest school in the state, um, which is in the Adirondacks. It's a school called Long Lake. And there's 70 kids in the whole entire school. And we'd Jeez. merge. That's the high school? or No, that's the school. Like so K to 12? The town is in the middle of the park, 6 million acre park, right? So, And you have, you know, your bigger towns like Saranac Lake, Lake Placid, Old Forge. Um, but it towards the middle, I mean, there could be... During the summer, the town's mobbed, right? But yeah. during the school year, there might be 800 people living in the town total. So we'd actually merge athletics um, with Indian Lake, which is below us, to create essentially modified and varsity teams. So at that point, like numbers-wise, how many kids are you looking at like from the, from the modified and high school level, like just, just to pool from? We're just trying to pool teams. So... Um, Besides being the pseudo-athletic director, I was coaching soccer, which I played growing up, um, coaching varsity girls soccer, which we would, like, struggle to get 11, you know, 11, 12, and then varsity girls basketball because there was a need for that. I couldn't coach boys, and then uh, obviously coaching baseball in the spring. Um, and there were some games where you just got nine or maybe you got eight and you're scrambling, and um, it is what it is, but especially with 
the lack of things to do up there just to even form sports teams, which it's it's it'd be much drastically different from here. Like five kids could graduate from a graduating class or two could. Did they did you guys have a lot of sports options or was it pretty much just soccer in the fall, basketball in the winter, and then baseball in the spring? It's one per season. We couldn't I was gonna there's say there's no way I mean we're merging s- merging with different schools just so you could have a practice you're driving half hour to the other town for practice yeah because everything's probably way spread out there too yep so it'd be a half hour you know essential essentially a half hour bus ride just for practice you know half the time and then they'd come to us half the time um so pep rallies i'm sure were really fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah all uh all 17 kids in the high school but um There's actually there's some thousand point scores there, which it, it is easier. But there actually is some talent there between if you're an athlete in the town or an athlete just in the Adirondacks, you have to travel. It'd be like around here, like oh for I'm sure. I'm from Newfane, so if I'm going to play AAU ball, I'm traveling to Buffalo or wherever the tournament is. Same thing there. You're traveling to um, you know Glens Falls or Saratoga or Potsdam, wherever. So. Um, it's not that there's athletes. It's just it's like anything. There's if you're, you're going to a double A school, you know, and versus an A school, there's both elite athletes at both schools. It's just the pool under that. The double A school is going to have a, a larger pool of, you know, I mean, for lack of a better term, average players to pull from. Oh, for sure. Um, have you guys had like it seems like uh, around this area, there you know, schools have their their claim to fame athlete, one that stands like I know Luport had uh, Daryl Johnson played football for them, went on to play for the Cowboys. Um, does that school area like have like that big uh, claim to fame athlete like who went on There's to play? There's one MLB player I forget I it's I can't recollect his name right now, but there's one MLB player that actually had a pretty successful career. Was it like recent or uh, quite a while ago? Okay. But you also have to figure, too, I was like an hour and a half. You know, Glens Falls, Saratoga area, Albany area are like kind of right there. So like Jimmer Ferdet's from around there. Um, who's the uh, shooting guard at, at Cuse right now? He was a Glens Falls graduate. Um, was he really? I, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of the six name. Six foot two. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize he was from Glen Falls. Yeah, he uh, he was a like a six-year varsity player. He He's the one who beat Jimmer Ferdet's record. They went like for New York state for points. Okay. Um, I should know his name, but it's all right. Next time when you come on here. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, even, uh, I mean, I coached in Kenmore and Ken East. I mean, we're still uh, a class a school when I was coaching at Cleve Hill. I think at the time they were, they were either B or maybe borderline C at the time. But, um, you you know you get some of those smaller schools like that and you're but you're still pulling from i mean when you're doing uh i did guys basketball you still have just in the high school alone at least like probably 150 200 boys to pull from if not more i couldn't imagine like trying to form a team just pulling from a whole school size even a, a high school size of maybe 50 not and, even not even it's just uh it's just it's a different world up there. It's just it's just it's just living different, right? It's um you know, it's a small town in the Adirondacks. It's 
indescribable at times. Some things that we take for granted there, they don't and vice versa. And, um, you know, if you kind of want that bigger, like a, you feel, you know, you're definitely gonna have to travel. And, um, there's not, that was one thing that was a little, not annoying, but there's no one coming to take your spot, you know? So as far as off season work, that's a little non-existent. And, I mean, in the park, if you're there year-round, there's not a ton of jobs. You may be working in the summer anyway, to be honest with you. Yeah, that is true. Um, speaking of travel, I'm sure you got, like, I know for at, at Ken East, we get a, you know, it gets a little annoying when you have to take a 30, 35-minute bus trip out to uh, Luport to play. You guys, that was probably like a short bus ride for you if you guys only had to go like 30, 35 half minutes. hour would be short. I mean, I remember there were some that's two, two and a half. Oh, gosh. Two and a half Did you guys hours. have to leave school early? or uh, Sometimes. Sometimes. Get out, get out of school ninth period early for a game. That's um, insane. I know for us, for doing indoor, we do um, most of our meets are up in Houghton, at Houghton College. Yep. And we're, it's about an hour, hour 15, hour and a half bus ride. Um but again, it's an all-day track meet. We're getting there early enough where the kids have plenty of time to warm up. You know, plenty of time to, especially depending on when your event is. That's got to be rough travel. Like, if I can just think as a soccer coach, if I've got to do a two-hour bus ride, and then sometimes you're getting there and you only have maybe 25, 30 minutes to warm up. I mean, some of these kids are probably most of these kids are probably sleeping on the bus. Yeah, most of them. Most of them are and. The disparity between so if if you're a double A school, let's say you know there's six of them in Western New York, but if you're a double A facing an A, at least you're both pooling from quite a bit of kids. If you're a large D, with like let's say you got forty to fifty kids in a grade, that's still a class D. So I'm pulling from, or was you know seven eight years ago, pull, pull, pooling from very little, and then you're pooling from fifty kids. That fifty kids looks ginormous oh for to, sure to the you know to the smallest schools in the state you know in the middle of the park so um you know th- i think that's the biggest thing as far as me with trying to keep a culture and pushing not a narrative but pushing a positive aspect of just trying to get better is just you know unless you got a couple of studs which we did have at times there but you know majority of the time we're, we're probably um just getting beat um, just being undermanned. Now, what were some of the um, uh, bigger schools that you were facing? Like, was it like, like, did um, you ever get into the class D size, the class C size, like well, as, as never, far as opponents? Or? Always class D. Okay. Always class D. So our, our, we were part of the MVAC, which is the league. Um, and then it's all class D's. Um, so which is weird. You leave the you leave the park, the Adirondack Park, and it's there's massive double A's. You know, Albany, Glens Falls, Saratoga yeah. area, and Potsdam. but you guys didn't have to play any of those no, big boy teams. Not. Absolutely not. Okay, because I was gonna say you do sometimes. You know, you'll see like uh, even a scrimmage, you'll see like a class C team play like a class A. No, the we would if we did have, which we did have some some decent boys teams, um, even for like you know that could definitely face B twos and probably C's. Like we had a couple of thousand points scores that played year round and they just lived in the park and so again you you get your studs here and there and guys that can really play and we would go and 
scrimmage like a sea school like a Tupper Lake or a Saranac Lake. Um, but majority, you know, you're probably not pulling from a whole lot, and they're giving their best effort, and you just do the best with what you have. It's high school sports. Absolutely. Um, now you also coach uh, or – don't currently coach baseball, but you also did coach baseball for a number of years and played baseball too, yep. right? Yeah, so I played a little bit of college basketball and college baseball. So um, I've coached baseball when I was in the Adirondacks teaching. When I came back home, I've been helping out. I'll go do a hit, hitting clinic here or there, different local coaches I know. And I'm at Hamburg now, and all those positions are filled. Uh, once in a while, I might go and help out, but... Um, just uh, actually coached coach volleyball in the fall and boys mod, and I coach basketball in the winter right now. So no ba- no baseball. Nice. Um, what uh, what do you prefer? Like if you if you could only coach one or the other, is it would you always pick basketball? Would you always pick baseball, or just hey whatever whatever happens to be at that time? I would definitely choose basketball. I think you can manipulate the game, especially if you know. There's so much information out there that you can gather, and there's so many coaches that I know in the area, and everyone talks and communicates. And um, I think I think basketball. I just think you can manipulate a game so much better. Baseball is such a close sport. Either have guys that can hit the ball or can, and you can. I can go into a gym and try and make their swing shorter, so they have more time to judge a pitch before they start their swing. Um, not talking about elevating the ball, just making their swing shorter. Um, but, you know, baseball's really a close sport where basketball's complete. I mean, there's so many different offenses, whether it's a high-low or four-out, one-in, or a motion or, a, you know, a ball-screen offense. There's so many different things you can do to manipulate the game offensively and defensively. That, to me, is uh, makes it great. I mean, if you can put a good game plan together and – um, kind of get a leg up or steal, even steal a couple possessions here or there to try and try and get a, get your team a couple more possessions for the game. I mean, that to me is, is my favorite. Yeah, and it seems like baseball is definitely more one of those sports where it's I don't want to say it's all about how you run your practices, but that's it seems like winning and losing definitely has to deal with more of running a strong practice or getting everything done in practice. Not to say that you don't have to run strong practices in basketball either, because if you know if you're doing sloppy practices, it's going to show on the court. But basketball is definitely, like you said, where you're making more of those in-game tweaks. You're making more where you might switch from a different zone. You might switch depending on the situation of the game, the score of the game. Whereas baseball, it just kind of seems like your strategy is almost set going in and isn't going to change all that much. Or maybe I'm totally wrong because I've never coached baseball, but... No, I. Yeah, I mean, basketball as far as prep go, it, baseball's it's almost an individual team sport. It really is. Yeah. Um, where basketball, everyone has to be on the same page, for sure. So, I one thing I always, especially when I coach on the varsity level, not so much modified because you're not you're not game planning for modified, but on the varsity level, the last like half hour of practice, if it's a two hour practice, is. Uh, like essentially trying to combat whatever the other team does. And I always tell, which they get at their 17, 18 year old kids, you know, Hey, like the good teams are going to break this down and I know it's boring and I know it's probably the best, but 
they're doing the same thing. So the good teams are going to do this. So what do you want to do? Um, do you want to try and win or do you not? So, um, you know, ba- basketball is just a completely different element. Baseball is, I know I've said this like multiple times, baseball is just such a close sport. Yeah. Um, you can manipulate where you put people, but, um, you know, you either got guys that, and again, like shortening up the swing or like fundamental wise, but it's kind of set once you, once you enter the game, it's really, um, it's really set. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, obviously, as uh, I know, when I when I first started coaching, just coming off of a play as a, a soccer player, um, that first year of coaching, especially those first couple practices of coaching soccer, um, even the team that I was coaching, I had to look like I my my first year of coaching was at the park school. Um, I was coaching girls soccer, went into the first practice, and I mean, I was used to high level soccer, travel soccer, this and that. My first um, practice in there, just looking at the group of kids, I was kind of like, okay, they don't know that drill yet. They don't know that drill yet. Like I, And this was a varsity team, and I was like, okay, I've got to bring it all the way back because I'm talking, and within the first 15 minutes of practice, I could just tell everything was going way over their head. Um, take us back to like your first year of coaching. Did, I mean, obviously playing from playing from high level high school into the college ranks. Did you kind of have to almost bring yourself back down to their level, or did you just get in that program and all right, let's let's go. This is high level stuff that we've got to do. I th- I mean, I think you kind of implement it in short spurts. You know, I mean, obviously it's it's not going to be college college basketball or baseball or else they'd be in college playing college <laughs> but the other teams you're facing are on the same boat so um just implement as much as you can if if you can like stop practice and someone you could walk in the gym walk in the basketball gym and you'd be like what are what are we what is Linhart trying to trying to work on right now or like what is he what are his non-negotiables and what is he trying to, what are we trying to work on right now? And if they can't, like, if they don't know any of those, then I'm probably not doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think you add in a little bit and, you know, when you do have a program, okay, tell the modified coach, tell me what do you run, okay, and I'll manipulate it a little bit, but the, hopefully the verbiage and everything is somewhat similar and, uh, go from there, but I just think it's implementing it little by little, and by the end of the year, hopefully you're you're uh, you're peaking. So, like the year I coached varsity boys, we made it in as the A seed. We were three and eight in league. We had a couple of big wins down the stretch. We were playing well, and we ended up beating the one seed. Um, we lost in the finals to Fredonia, but they had a stacked team. They would have won B ones, but we lost in the B two finals, and we were, we just we hit our stride at the right time and. Um, you know, to say that there wasn't downtimes and it wasn't a roller coaster would be a lie. Um, and trying to keep it together and, um, you know, say like, Hey, like we can, we can improve off of this. So, um, it's never going to be like one big thing where I'm going to walk in and say two words and like, Hey, that's the answer. Like, well, no, it's definitely not the answer. So, and being flexible, they had an offense put in from probably a guy that I, think of as one of the best basketball coaches in western york he didn't coach because he had he it was during covid and he wanted to take a year off he had a family which i understand but he ran an offense 
and I just didn't think it suited us to be flexible. Like I switched to a dribble drive and like just little stuff like that and just, okay, slowly over time. Again, like the good teams are doing this. So what do you want to be? Do you want to be a, a good team and try to get better? Like there's two options. You're either getting better or everyone else is getting better and you're getting worse. So now did you get some did you get some bounce back from even some of the the older players like the junior seniors or did everybody just kind of buy right into it your first year um I was pretty well known in the pretty well known in the area as a decent player so there wasn't a ton of pushback um and I and I had support from the varsity coach who was off and um but there were times where especially early on there was no summer program so to come in, you know, for kids that really need summer at a, you know, a, a big C1 school or a, it's a smaller B2, um, you know, there might there might have been pushback at times, but then those are conversations where you have right away and like, hey, we need you to move forward. And I mean, by the end, I mean, I would say they were all pretty darn happy with, with where we ended up, and so was I. Absolutely. Um. Just thinking back of uh, your first year as a coach, you said you started coaching in 2012, 2013. I came out of co- I came out of Cortland in 2011, so okay. which is also known as the worst time ever to ever get a teaching job. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now supposedly, and Matt's coming out now. Supposedly, they're just you can walk outside and get a teaching job. Like they're just all over the place. That's so, that's what a lot of people tell me, and I haven't seen that. Either. I haven't either, <laughs> but because there, I'm not gonna lie. I it, you know it's still. You even when you have a job, you know you just you look, you see what's out there, but they all seem to just either not be there. And I know, and Matt, you're not gonna like this, but I know the old adage was, especially back in that time, for every one phys ed position out there, there was like four, five, six hundred people that were applying for that position. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think I'm really spilling the beans on this with saying that it's. I mean, it's a really. I have businessmen that, you know, are on hiring committees that say it's the most cutthroat job to, to get. Oh, for sure. And you better, you better know the right people. Oh, for sure. And my, my, my wife does, um, she works in compliance and she'll have, uh, she'll be on interview panels or whatever. And she'll be like, man, she'll be like, we got, you know, we really got a lot of people for this position. I'm like, how many, inter- or how many resumes? Well, we got like 35 and I'm kind of like 35. That's it. And it's just you're right. I mean, it's no other. I shouldn't say no other, but you're you're not phys ed. You're just getting a ton of people applying for every single position, and you've you've either got to know somebody, or you've got to have something spectacular on that resume that's really gonna stand out above everybody else. And sometimes that's not even enough. I think it's definitely a combination of both. You better. Put yourself out there. It's just a tough market. Yep. There's nothing else to say. Listen, Matt, just start coaching, start volunteering, start doing anything. You know, drop a few gifts off if you have to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, know. you even look at my my teaching career. I subbed for three years. I wanted to stay in Western New York. I left for the Adirondacks, the job I've talked about. Came back, took a massive pay cut to go to Amherst as a phys ed TA, which I was at the middle school as the lifeguard. So, um, and then I took a job, 
kind of on the east side. It's more downtown, but kind of on the east side of Buffalo at uh, Reach Academy Charter School. So um, definitely, and then luckily this is my second year at Hamburg. So, but that's a it's a trying road. Definitely humbling road. Oh, absolutely. And um, I know I graduated uh, from Canisius in '02, got my master's in '05. Um, but even then like out of college, you're like, oh, this is going to be easy. It'll take me, you know, I'll maybe do one or two years of subbing. I was kind of the same thing. I did, you know, one or two years of subbing. Then I got a job way out in Baltimore, did that for a year, came back another year of subbing, got the job at health science, got, um, I mean, it was until you find, I mean, even now I've been at, I've been lucky enough to be at Buffalo city, um, for, this is my eighth year. Um, there, so, I mean, but it took, it took a long time to, for you to really just get that foothold, not only in that district, but just in anywhere. Well, that's another thing too. Like, I mean, my dream was, was to coach boys varsity basketball and then to coach some sort of baseball, which actually I, I like, I coached volleyball for the first time this year. I loved it. Now, did um, you play at all or no? I picked up. So, I mean, once you leave college and you know you're not a, it's tough to be an athlete anymore that's a sport I really picked up and fell in love with and knew the right people especially in western New York there's actually an underground like big volleyball community in western I didn't New York. realize especially during the summer there's a oh, yeah. lot yeah. of yeah. like beach and, volleyball and there's games. like there's like good volleyball. oh yeah and you know you go to the 10 ugly tournament in Rochester and I kind of fell into the right group of people, and that I kind of picked it up. If I if I wouldn't have picked that up after college, I would have never thought. I kind of got asked to coach because a, a job fell through, and um, I felt comfortable, especially modified boys. You know, it's they're kind of just learning, and but I I ended up. I mean, I wasn't doing anything extraordinary, but I thought it was like one of the easier jobs. Um, as far as it's, that's kind of like a closed sport too. Like what that a lot you know, goes on in like practices and stuff. Yeah, like. and I, I mean, it's you know, you're not running like a six-two or anything on modified. You're running like a we got to a four-two, and that was plenty for us. And you know, I'm not blowing the doors off, but I enjoyed it. I enjoy. It. I don't other than doing like different hitting clinics or anything like that. I don't like. I, I don't even know if I'll coach baseball. I mean, I could if something opens up, which it might, but. I would play it by ear. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of the beauty with, you know, coaching. If you want to coach, there's, well, I guess, I mean, it gets a little different when you have your, your full-time job at a school, but there's, there's always opportunities whenever it seems like you want to get into it. If you're willing to go like work at one school and go to another school to coach, which some districts frown on that. But, um, you know, if there's, there's always the opportunities out there, but, um, at the same time, you don't want to step on anybody's toes. I mean, there there are some people that um, even if you get that job in that building, and I know there's there's been other people where you come in as the phys ed teacher, um, you want to coach basketball, baseball, or whatever, you know that the coach has been there 20, 30 years. They're not a teacher in that district, but which I don't, I don't know if most people know, if you're a teacher in that district, you have – you have first priority over anybody coaching. So if that depends on the district, depends on the it, district. Well, they might not have a priority, but it, it seems like in most districts, like if I was coaching basketball at Hamburg, if I've been there 20 years, 
if you as a first teacher, first year teacher started or just got the job at Hamburg, well, I don't know. I, I shouldn't say Hamburg because I don't know how the district is, but in most districts, all you'd have to do is say, I want his job because you're a teacher in the district. I'm not. You instantly have priority to get that job yeah, over me. That is every contract is wrote differently. So that is district based. Now most districts are probably like that, but that's definitely district based. And there are there are definitely some And there's definitely great there's gray, gray areas. Yeah. And there's unwritten rules yeah. where, you know, listen, okay, Larry, you want Rob's job. He's been there twenty years. Technically, you can apply for it and technically we're supposed to give it to you, but do you really want to piss off everybody? Do you really want to make your name like that? Like, it's just, it's it's not a rule, but it's a rule. It's it's an unwritten rule. You you, you don't do that. You you know when 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 there's an opening, then you apply for it. You don't even if you can, you don't just kick somebody out of their job. Yeah, no, it's very subjective. Yeah, it's very subjective. It's uh. I've I've learned it's just it's you know the enforcers in hockey have the code and certain rules that they live by. It's kind of the same thing in, in high school sports. Listen, can you get that job? Yes. Should you take that job? Absolutely not. Because I've known, I've known, I've had some people over the years that have made that mistake, and let's just put it this way: their life has been, um, they've had a difficult run at it, <laughs> it, it during that year. Yes, so. for sure. Well, especially if you teach in the district. Um, I mean, with me, even I'm untenured, so there's no doubt. But no. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's all district based. Yeah, and it's just you, you don't do that to somebody because at the same point, you wouldn't want anybody doing that to you. I right. mean, it's just it is what it is. But um, no, it's uh, now. Did you ever get especially early in your career? And Matt, you might run into this i know i did it was so competitive out there i mean i remember my first year out of college i was coaching i coached girls swimming and diving i coached uh boys jv basketball and was the assistant for varsity basketball now again this is this might not be a shock to anybody but my five six frame was not very uh, not a great basketball player at any point in my career um then i coached track and field which i knew a lot about still coaches to this day I was a distance runner. The only position that they needed, I was I was hired originally as their distance their distance coach. A week left into the season, their distance coach decides to come back or a week before the season, sorry, a week before the season starts, their distance coach decides to come back. So I get booted to throwers. And again, my 56 at that time like 130 pound weight, I was I was not a thrower at all, so you just you have to coach what you have to coach. I've coached softball. I've coached. Did you ever run into that where listen, you're just trying to get as much on your resume as possible? Where you're going to coach? They want you to coach uh, curling. You're coaching curling type of deal. I mean, if I thought I not an in, but if I thought you know if there's an opening coming up at a district, I would offer myself to whatever. But and that's. You know, on an interview, yes, I can coach whatever you need me to fill uh, is the magic word. But I've never had to. I think the the wackiest thing I ever had to do when push came to shove was volleyball this year. 
and that wasn't even totally out of the comfort zone. Um, I had just never played it scholastically. Um, oh, yeah, my first coaching were totally – I'd never been on a damn diving board a day in my life, and I was coaching. I'm just, I'm just shocked you weren't a thrower. <laughs> <laughs> They'd look. Although funny story, our when I ran track in Niagara Falls, our best discus thrower was um, our senior Jeremy Hill. This kid was now he was tall. He had the the tall arms, the legs, the tall levers, but he was like six one, maybe maybe a buck thirty, buck forty. That actually doesn't surprise me. You like think about like the college pitcher build. And it's yeah. like six foot two, six foot three. They're lanky. It's all those levers. It's muscular. Actually, the best thrower for us this year was super. Was just tall and lanky. He was not big. And yeah, he smoked some guys. That now, when you get into shot put, you got to get you got to have some beef on you there. Yeah, but yeah. our our discus was one of the best ones in the area. And he was not not big. Yeah, and um, not, not muscular. Not not beefy. Yeah, but yeah, it's um. No, it's just one of those things where, I mean, I went that route where I was, put it on my resume. Let me do it for a year, two years. Matt, is that going to be you kind of just, listen, like, have you already looked at, are, first of all, are you registered on Winnie Rick? Mm, all right, no. get registered on Winnie Rick. Get registered? Get, get registered on Winnie Wick. <laughs> get registered on Winnie, get your resume out there, but. I mean, do you anticipate having to just kind of coach everything and anything or yeah. or even during your student teaching? Are you kind of getting involved in that? Well, it's I mean, originally I was like very nervous because, you know, of just the oh, you have to coach this. And I don't know what I was going to do. <laughs> um, but I figured that, you know, I, I, once I started coaching gymnastics, it was the same thing with me. Like I had no clue about gymnastics at all. And I I sought this job out. I got the job. And it was basically, I think it was good practice for me to get into, like, I have nothing, I know nothing about this. and Just kind of going and, deep in. Right? And now I have to do it. Um, and look, I'm, I'm still coaching a year later. So now I feel more comfortable to, when they say that, just say, yeah, I'll coach whatever you need. Because I had the experience of being, like, thrown to the wolves and, like, you kind of figure it out. Um, and, you know, it's, it's you, you do what you got to do. Until yeah. until you make a name for yourself, you got to get noticed. And then you know, during those interviews, I know, uh, you know, I even got asked, "Oh, I see swimming and diving. Did you? you yeah, you know, it was great. You you talk it up. Oh yeah, it was the first time I actually the after like <laughs> I don't know three weeks in the practices, the girls were like, "Listen, we want to see you dive, coach. Can you dive?" I did a complete belly flop off the board. Like it was it was ugly, but. On the resume, you know, when you're in the interview, oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We, you know, I had a, a girl compete in sectionals, this and that. You know, you just, you make it out to be, not that you're the best coach in the world, but, you know. You you make it known that you can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. It might not look pretty, but you can do hey, it. As long as my resume, or as long as part of my interview was not diving, I was I was good. <laughs> I just know, like, the worst answer you could give is just, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, eh, I don't really know. Well, we were – I was on the interview um, committee at my school about three years ago, and we were interviewing this one team. We had a um, – it was a .5 at our position, but they would have been .5 at our, at our school and .5 in another school. So the guy comes in, and at the end of the interview, he says um, – He's like, yeah, he's like, you know, I'm just uh, just to let you guys know, he said, I think some schools um, have used it against me before. 
but um, I have uh, narcolepsy, and I tend to fall asleep during my classes, and it's this and that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And you kind of now, – now, the guy was – we, I think, had interviewed like 10 candidates – Experience-wise, field-wise, he was one of the lower ones. He was like maybe ninth or tenth on the list anyways. But at that point, if you're falling asleep during your classes, if you're like – and he would be like, yeah, I've just – you know, I would randomly pass out, but it's fine. I usually wake up in about two or three minutes. I'm good, blah, blah, blah. I, I, you got to respect the fact that you, you're – He's being honest. You're being transparent and honest. I'm surprised he but, said it in a way that is like, yeah, some teach schools use this against me. Like he was saying it in like a yeah, negative way. Just if you get to that point where you're close enough, okay, at some point you wanna you wanna put it out there, but don't don't end with that. Like no. And that was the <laughs> that was the first round of interviews? That was the first round oh, of interviews. Geez. Um in fact, before he even said that on my on my list, because he was we had already interviewed like six or seven and I was kind of ranking them as I went along. And I think I had just put him down like I, I had him ranked maybe above one other person. Um, and after that, I was just like, um, well, See Larry, you, like you, erasing something. You, you probably weren't going on to the next round, but. This definitely isn't helping you, like, and just what a stuff guy. that you don't want to say. What a guy! Stuff that you just you just don't want to say. It's respect a situation, <laughs> or at least wait for that nugget until, like, all right, you're at a superintendent interview or something. Just security job, security guard is more your style, my friend. Not teaching children. But and he went on. Apparently, it was like pretty severe. He was like, yeah, this, you know. Because I think uh, one of the people on the panel asked him, does this happen regularly? And he's like, well, not too regular, like maybe four or five times a day. How did he? And he drove there? I, <laughs> I don't know. He didn't fall asleep during the interview, right? I, he didn't fall asleep during the interview. So that was it was about a 15, 20 minute interview. So that was kind of cool. That's good. That was kind of cool. You're just like, dang, <laughs> I wanted to see that. But on that note, let's head into our hot seat questions. All right, so Rob, we do uh, five hot seat questions. We literally, these questions can be about anything and everything. In fact, my first question, I'm kind of, I'm going to take it back to the um, the coming in hot segment where we did the millionaire stuff. If you win the two point whatever billion dollars, first first thing you are purchasing, like. And don't give me the oh I'm buying I'm buying my parents a house I'm buying just first fun thing that you're like going nuts off the wall I am purchasing buying land in Montana so I can fly fish and hunt nice that's solid buy Montana I was gonna say you might be able to buy the whole state of Montana I, uh, <laughs> I mean Newfane boy make my own flies if I can go out there and catch some brown trout or whatever trout with flies and then hunts you know, bow hunt some elk on my own land. Just to buy a whole That's bunch of acres. Just I'm definitely quitting park camp during the summer. <laughs> no, you, you can work there. Just don't get paid. <laughs> you, you wouldn't work there. So Ben would have to replace you. Yeah. Oh, you could buy park camp. <laughs> Matt, what are you doing with? I have two answers, but I don't know which one I should say. One is sappy. One isn't. I'll let you say them both. I don't, I don't. 
Fine. One Listen, w- you, you do what you do. One would be a wedding ring. I would buy a wedding ring. It's very, very sappy of my... All right. Second one would be a Mercedes Yeti. <laughs> a Mercedes what? Yeti. So you know like a G-Wagon? Okay. It's that. So it's like a Mercedes G-Wagon and a Hummer had a baby. Okay. It's a huge thing. It's about 300000 Oh, that's it? Well, I mean, <laughs> right in retrospect now, it's like, that's chump change, but I, don't, I can't afford that now. So that, listen, that's solid. Now, wedding ring, you're talking like at least like... Just like, to have. Okay. But I mean, carrot-wise, like size-wise, oh, you're talking oh. like all out. <laughs> or are you going pretty modest? I'm going to go modest. I don't, I don't feel like... The individual I'd give it to even wants something really flashy. Just, just a uh, modest. It's not going to be one of those things like where she's got to like do exercises just to have it like on <laughs> yeah. her hand. I mean, over time, both of those purchases equal out to the same amount of money. I think. <laughs> oh that's, yeah, that's fair. for sure. That's fair. I respect that. <laughs> um, me, I'm. I don't know if this is this. I would love to invest. Obviously, for for that amount of money, you're not going to have enough to buy a sports team, maybe a minor league team or something. But I would love to just get part ownership in either uh, a football team, baseball team, some some professional sports team. Like even if I've got to drop like a hundred, two hundred million to be like a twenty percent owner in. In the Bills or or in a, a major league soccer so team. Me and my buddies, when I got the job at Hamburg, I didn't get seasons anymore. But I still have I have seasons to the Bills, but I used to have season tickets to the Sabers. So we actually had this conversation the other day with two point one billion, and Pagula's bought the franchise. It was like one fifty eight or like two hundred million, and it's worth like five hundred million right now. I was gonna say hockey teams are going up in price. Yeah, so that would be. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they'd get rid of the Sabers just to have the Bills. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe I can negotiate them down like three, four hundred million. You know, but that would that would be my even if I can get like fifty percent ownership or something. Ultimately, if I could buy the team, that'd be fantastic. But um, I would love to own a sports team. Either that or just buy like a minor league, like a like a double A baseball team, and just. Just have fun with it. The Bisons. Just buy the Bisons. Well, they're triple A, aren't they? Or are they double A? What are they? Are they triple A? All right. They can't be that expensive in comparative to like, you know. Yeah. You could ease. I feel like you could easily purchase them with the with them winning. You think? Maybe. They're still. They're still a. I mean, they're the next step down. I would think they're still at least a, a couple hundred mil. Don't well, you think? Is there an owner to the Bisons, or are they owned by the franchise? Oh, are they owned by like Toronto? I thought the Pagulas owned them. No, didn't? Wasn't that part of their purchase of the? I'm going to check Google. Of um, well, the, they have the Bandits, which yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Bandits fan. Because I thought when they, I thought when they bought the the Sabers, that was part of it. They bought like the Sabers, the Bandits. Um, no, I they're owned the by someone different. They're owned by Rich uh, Robert E. Rich Jr. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, Pagula's own bandits. That's a package deal. Yeah. But now that would be cool. Do we have any titles? Oh, they do. Yeah, they used to be like really good. Yeah, 1933. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Question two. What do you got? Uh, hmm. 
Oh, that's a, that's a weird one. All right, if you could go back to any like prideful sports days, it could be for any team, any era, whatever. Which one would you like to go back to and like experience? So, like for example, you want to go like, oh, I'd want to relive like the '93 Bills or like the 2000 what seven Sabers or. You know, even go back even farther. Can we change the outcome? Because I would love to relive the no, bills. You can't change. Is this something that we've already like experienced, or no? Can, I, I lived through well, the nineties bills. It can be but as a what kid. you experienced or what you didn't experience. So you can go all the way back as far as you want. I would. Uh, hmm. I think I'd do party in the plaza, like two thousand five, two thousand six. That series. was fun. That was a lot of fun. I would pick the Super Bowl this year, but it hasn't happened yet. So the Super Bowl parade this year. But besides that, uh, partying the plaza like 05, 06. That was fun. Um, for me, you know, I've got to say, I'm trying to think of something that happened like way back. Maybe, uh, what was it, back in the 70s when the Sabres went to the Stanley Cup against the Flyers and lost. Um but just something that I know, I'm going back to uh, Super Bowl 25. Um, so it have been the 90-91 season when the Bills first uh, played the Giants. Um, I was, I think, 10 or 11 at the time. It was just, it was so much fun. I think I would have been in like fourth grade, fourth, maybe fifth grade. Um, I mean, for those two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, I mean, we did... It w- it was everything bills. It was like pep rallies. It was I mean, we did no work. It was the city was just it was it was awesome. So I would love to I would love to kind of relive that experience as an adult. Like, like even as as, as, as like a yeah. teacher. Like kind of see it through the eyes of a teacher. And you're starting to see that this year and I I hope we get to you know, we I, I still think we will get to, to the Super Bowl this year. And hopefully experience a win because I can't handle another Super Bowl loss. But um, I think that would be cool just to see that that whole experience through the teacher through the eyes of a teacher as an adult. That's fair. What would I do? Oh, this one's I, I, I'm a Capitals fan, so going back to 2016 season when we beat the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins to continue on in the playoffs. Because as a Capitals fan, you always finally know, got over. It's like, oh yeah, we we go we cruise through the first round and then we meet Pittsburgh and we lose and then watching that winning especially in Pittsburgh watching some fans flip off Ovechkin as he banks against the boards um, was the best thing ever and you know yeah watching them win the Stanley Cup was awesome too but that last game that they played against Las Vegas was like you knew they were winning in the second period yeah so like there wasn't no like lead up excitement to it it was still good though but that Pittsburgh game especially if I could have been in Pittsburgh <laughs> That would have been fun. Oh, I would have been into fights, probably. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been fun. All right, Rob, question three. You got one for us? Well, you told me you were going to do this segment, like, right right when we start. Oh, yeah, we give nobody notice. And I was going to do, like, a Josh Allen thing, but I kind of misinterpreted the question. So uh, my new question is person living, person that's living, uh, who would, like, who would you want to spend a day with? Anyone at all? Yep. Living. Ooh, living. Um, do you got an answer? Because that's that's a tricky I do. one. I actually have two. Okay, I have two. My first one is uh, I've watched all his stuff, but he's actually on Netflix now. His later seasons is Stephen Ranella. 
He like he's he has a show called Meat Eater. Oh, okay. And he goes hunting and like fishing and just he has a, like a cabin in Alaska. I'd love to like go like deer hunting with him in his cabin in Alaska. That's one. And then the other one is uh, John Beeline, who used to coach Detroit, coach at Michigan. Yeah. Like, like I have avenues through like family and friends of family, like through him, and I've spoken with him, and so has my family, and we got tons of memorabilia from him, so. He's kind of like not accessible, but I've met him before. But the one college coach I would love to meet is Jay Wright, who just retired from Villanova. Okay. And how he like progressed his offense throughout the years to like modernize it, and he never fell behind. Like his defensive man changed over time with the game. I don't want, I'm not going to like go into it, but. Um, his man principles changed over time. His offensive principles drastically changed over time. And like with even like since winning his first national championship to the last one a couple of years ago, like even his offensive like rules changed over time just with the game. So like just to get inside his head as far as a successful coach who always gets like more with less. And Absolutely. He always gets his players to like find the right matchup. So everyone's on the same page. They're doing all these actions to get to, like, one point where the defense, like, messed up, essentially, and they messed up and they switched to a mismatch. And then all the players being on the same page, knowing that's a mismatch without him saying anything, and then just going through the offense to get, like, 18 to 22-year-old guys to get on the same page and, like, essentially play team ball when they're all so good. Like, I think... I would love to spend a day with him. That'd be cool. Matt, do you have an answer? Probably Machine Gun Kelly, the the rapper. Just I don't know. I I, I will be looking. That's a we'll, way funner day than mine. We'll we'll be looking for new co-hosts now. <laughs> listen, Machine listen. Gun Kelly. Oh yeah. I mean, I I'm a if big. He brings his girlfriend. I would not be against it. I guess. <laughs> I would say, isn't he uh, He's married Megan, to Megan Fox or, or dating engaged, Megan Fox or I whatever? Think, or, but you know, just that that would been a, that would be a. That would be a day. That would be a day. I don't know if I'd be able to survive that, but it'd be fun. It would be. Yeah, a man died today. <laughs> <laughs> Meeting his friend. Mine, I'd be go. I mine. I'm going to say a toss up between either. Well, actually, you said living, so I can't say John Madden because he he passed uh, last year, two years ago. I'm going to say Rick Jenneret. That would just be fun. Just. Just hearing him talk, hearing him talk, hearing all the stories that he that he's had on the road with the team. I mean, he he was the voice for, what, 50 years um, until he yeah. finally retired this past season. Isn't he like back sometimes? He was he was with the team on a road trip this year, but he's not announcing. Oh, like okay. This is the first season where he's, he's, he's just hanging out. He's done. So that's a good answer. Um, on a side note. So Rick Jenneret just got like Instagram. So it's like an old. Older, it's like an older older individual trying to like so it's like you know, me trying to like, use instagram yeah so it's like <laughs> trying to you know the facets and the the unspoken rules and everything and he just like just doing whatever and he's he's not horrible at it but it's just it's funny it's like and you know he he posts oh like gosh, good things but uh he does he just got it's it like just... I, 
I followed That's him awesome. uh, before, like, I think he got it, like, right before he announced his retirement or whatever, but <laughs> he does, and it's just like, yep, it's, it's just, just like, so, <laughs> so, but, like, I knew he was at, like, the road trip because he, like, posted a story about it or something, but, yeah, it's, he's got an Instagram that's worth a follow. You know for a fact that he runs this himself. Yes, there's no <laughs> doubt. There's no, there's no social media team for the Sabres. Oh, no, yeah. that's awesome. No, I thought he would be, like, just a cool person to hang out with. Um, and I know he used to own a bar. Um, was it Clancy's? Um, I think that was the name of the bar. But I know he used to own a bar, or maybe he still does. I think he, he might have gotten rid of it. But he just, from everything I've heard about him, um, he's just, he, he seems like he'd be a, a cool guy to hang out with. Maybe not as cool as Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox over there, but... <laughs> All right, so good question. That's question three. Matt, you got something for question four? Aren't you up? In, like, the rotation? Yeah, I was trying to sneak out that of this one. That is true. I, and I only <laughs> got one, so don't come back to me. All right, let's see. Um, hmm. Okay. Um, all right, I'm going to take this. We talked a little bit about this, just gaining experience. I... I, I, I kind of Ted Lasso forever is kind of popped into my mind. Of course. So if right now you could get any professional sports team that you didn't know about, so you I wouldn't be able to do soccer, you wouldn't be able to do basketball or baseball, you whatever sport. <laughs> well, you did soccer, but whatever. If you had to like just professionally do any other sport. That besides like one that you've played or coached before, what would it be? What would that sport be? The one that I haven't played or coached. Haven't played or coached. Man. Like, and when I mean play, I mean like, all right, if you played it at Little League, that doesn't count. But I mean like play on at least a, like varsity high school level or like college level or haven't coached I mean, at that high level. I personally think the NLL games, the Bandits games are better than Sabres games. Like the atmosphere is the clientele that goes to the games is more fun. The atmosphere is ten times better. There's way actually defense has gotten better over the years since I since like the early two thousands. But um, I mean, box lacrosse games are very fun. I okay. would I wouldn't mind owning, owning the Bandits. Okay, so coaching for the Bandits. All right. Uh, another would be like if I could own a football club overseas, like. The Man U games, like going. See, that's I would love to coach overseas. Going to like, going to like cool. a pub before the game and just experiencing like that atmosphere. Going to a game on a random Wednesday during the day. Yep, that'd be insane. Well, that's one thing I know. The this year's World Cup is starting up in um, about two, two three weeks. weeks two yep. weeks. Yep. Um, but the the next World Cup coming up will be um, split between North America, um, actually North America, Canada, uh, and Mexico. I I don't care what city. I don't know if they've announced the cities I it's coming to yet. I saw one was Orlando. Kansas City, um, Arrowhead Stadium's hosting one too. I don't care where they're going. I, I'm making it a mission to get to one game in the World Cup. I would love it to be either an Italy or U.S. game. If Italy can just start qualifying for the World Cup again, still don't know. You win the European Championship and you can't qualify for the Canada World Cup. Canada qualified, but Italy did not. Uh, don't get me started. Canada. Do you know, they're, they're rated a three-and-a-half star team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canada. But 
Um, I would love to go to a World Cup team. I'm going to a World Cup game in there. I'm not going to Qatar this year. It's a little little too hot, a little too far. And I just well, no, that's why they do it in November now, because it's not as hot. So, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It, it goes from Qatar. Like, it goes also. from, what, 125 to like 110, you know, a comfortable 110 Whatever Dude, most of those games now. are going to be played at night, yeah, anyways. It's it's all about the humidity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's a it's a it's a uh, humidless one fifteen. It's better than it's a dry. It's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. It's better than Russia. Wasn't that last World Cup was in Russia? I think. Yeah. Yeah. But um, if I had to coach uh, a team that I haven't played, I'd probably say or a sport that I haven't played. I want to say football, but I'm going to say hockey. That would just be fun as. hell. Hell to be a hockey coach, I think. Soccer coaches can be hockey coaches. We saw that in the Sabres. Yeah, Ralph Kruger. <laughs> Very true. So who knows? Maybe I can be the next Ralph Kruger. But um, no, I thought I would. hockey would be fun. I'm glad you set realistic goals, Larry. That's, 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 that's a quality I... <laughs> I honor about you. Hey, listen, so, this is just is just a hypothetical. Shoot it out there. <laughs> That's, fair. That's fair. But uh, I would, if I could coach any sport, like high school, would I? I would love to coach uh, hockey in that Ted Lasso situation. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Man. I'd like to be offensive uh, offensive line coach in football. So you're not even going for the head coach. You're just like offensive line coach. Yeah. Yeah, but aren't you? Not that you're short, but aren't you a little like? Don't you need to be like a big guy? Like that's like, the ironic point of it. Okay, I'd be okay. coaching three hundred pound six seven people, and I am barely six foot and weigh one hundred and ninety pounds. I kind of like that because you get paid well. Yeah, and there's not as much stress as the other. That is coaches. true. Exactly. It's like the backup quarterbacks, like the Chase Daniels of coaches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like, yeah, I'm in charge of one thing. But I don't get ratted on if, like, the team loses. <laughs> it's, a, it's always the head coach, the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. They don't look at the position coaches. Yeah, but when that new head coach comes in, you better kiss his butt really quickly or you're going to be out of a job. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, if, if it's for McDermott, I'll just clap a lot. He, he'll marry me. I feel like it's a rotating wheel. If you get fired, you're going somewhere in the other. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, feel, I feel like that it's with most sports. Like, if you're in the NHL, NFL, NBA if you get fi- once you make the league, there's always going to be a spot for you. Correct. You yeah. might just you know you'll get that carousel. Like, like Marone. Like, yeah. Okay. Go be offensive coordinator or yep. uh, offensive line coach. Yeah. Somewhere. You'll Matt always. Patricia. Once you, it, it might take you a long time to get there, but once you get there, you're pretty much there for life. You're like a tenure teacher. They can't get rid of you. Actually, I have a friend of mine who graduated high school with me. She now is on the Browns. Like, she works for the Browns as their photographer. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's so she, she travels with them at all stadiums. She's on the sideline. She has, a, like, I was like, holy shit. She's, like, their photographer or well, she's, not like, a freelance like, photographer? Not, like, a freelance, but, like, she's owned by the Browns. So she's part of, I guess, the, I don't want to say media because she doesn't, like, put out videos and stuff. But she's, like, on the sideline with cameras for the Browns specifically. Okay. okay. Yeah. So Sweet. she's not NFL. She's the Browns. Why the Browns? I don't know. I feel bad for her. Hey, maybe it's one where she can, you know, eventually work herself around to all 32 teams. How much teams. that pays? More than a teacher. <laughs> all right, at, least, at least 50 grand. I, <laughs> I wonder. And I don't want to ask her. That would be rude. Like, just give me a ballpark. It's your salary. Like, but she, If they ever win a Super Bowl, she gets a ring. Really? The photographers get a ring? Well, well she's she works for the Browns. 
like that football team. I like I heard like if you're part of that organization in any facet, you got a ring. Like, oh, like that'd be awesome. Like custodians, I heard would get rings. Not just the coaches, not just the players, but like people. Who... So if I did like if I worked at the Bills Stadium like for parking outside, I'd get like a Super Bowl ring. I don't know about that one, but I mean like maybe if you're like PSE or something. Or yeah, like in like locker room management stuff like that. Like the people that set up their equipment, they get rings too. Sweet, I gotta find the uh, lowest. Because my um, friend worked for the Atlanta Atlanta Braves when they won the World Series, and he works in the office. He got a ring. Okay, so so I gotta see if the Bills are hiring uh, for like a you know like trash picker upper. I'm Larry. Uh, I'm handling your jock straps. Please get a Super Bowl <laughs> so I can get a ring. All right, Matt. Finish this off. Question five. All right. I, I, this is going to go with the Super Bowl. If you, if, so not a player, say you work outside, but you're still part of the facility. If your team that you work for gets a Super Bowl ring or whatever, would you feel ever inclined to sell that ring for money? Or would you keep it? So you're not a player, you're not a coach. You just work for the company, you work for the team. No, I mean, I, I no. Would you proudly show it off? Oh, absolutely. Yeah? I'd, oh, Absolutely. In fact, I'd try to make up stories like how integral I was for the, well, you know, I told them to draft Josh Allen. You know, they didn't want to, but I just came in and said, listen, you got to watch this kid. I'd make up some BS I tied, like I that. tied his cleats. <laughs> I tied his cleats that day. I yelled right before the game-winning field goal. I, I went over to the holder and said, make sure laces out. I spit on the opponent's sideline. Did you see how white those pants were? Did you see the OxyClean I used? <laughs> Did you see that? I made sure they switched the cotton uniforms for that game so that they could breathe. You know, I deflated those balls. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I probably shouldn't say that. I forgot. What was the question? So, like, if you had a Super Bowl ring that you got from the team, would you sell it? Would you, would you ever feel like you could sell it? Um... What I I don't know I mean because I think the ones that are like money would be like like the quarterback or the like the the players rings are the worth the most I don't think you're getting anything for the equipment manager's Super Bowl ring yeah but a Super but Bowl ring is a Super, it is Bowl, a right? Super Bowl ring would I sell it No I think that would be something you just pass down to you know your but you would show it off Oh absolutely <laughs> I I, I didn't do anything to get that I'm not a big like ring guy. But I would, I'd, I'd be that guy that like I'd go out, I'd make like a necklace and just have it like as the no. bling, or at least have it under the <laughs> under the shirt. And I could magically like hold on, this is kind of itching me for a second. I, I gotta could get see this. you no flashing it. Italy's not making <laughs> world cups. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! You, you, I'd have the bling. You would have to flash and be like, you see this? I got this and no CTE. <laughs> Bonus. But like, wait a minute, hold on. Ah, oh, this damn Super Bowl ring. It just always pops up somewhere. <laughs> I would sell it. You would? Yeah. It's I, I didn't earn it. Like I'm a part of the organization, but I didn't earn that. So I would sell it, get some money, pay for a house, whatever. What if you were a – we'll flip this question a little bit. What if you were like a practice squad player, second string player? Like you were you were on the team, but you weren't like – Oh, then I'd keep it. Okay. I'd say if I'm – I mean, I'm keeping it either way if I'm definitely on the team, but – We know where Larry's pride I'm, lies. I'm putting that – I'm going to make sure everything – already talked about that. We Absolutely. <laughs> when somebody comes into the house, I'll be like, oh, have you seen my Super Bowl ring? Yeah, Larry, like, the one you didn't earn. But like, I don't care. But like, excuse me, it's better than your Super Bowl ring. <laughs> you would be that – you would be that, like, 
But like, would you like, you know, you got to be the plate host, but like, would you like something to eat, something to drink? Do you want to see a Super Bowl ring? <laughs> would you like to hold one? <laughs> you know what I did when I got this? Nothing. Because I didn't do anything to get it. <laughs> I sold the tickets. I sold the tickets. Matt, would you sell it? Uh, I'd probably hold on to it for a little bit, but then after a while, I'd be like, I didn't earn this. It has no special meaning to me. I'm just going to sell this. <laughs> Unless I needed, like, unless I made some bad financial millions or fi- uh, bad financial decisions, spending my $997 million that I won in the lotto, then maybe I'd sell it. I mean, yeah, it's it's like, I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. I didn't go out there and get hit. Like, I stood well, there and clapped on the sidelines. Yeah, but what if while, like, you know, sweeping up the floors, you accidentally slipped and, you know, hurt your knee? You'd be, that'd be like injured reserve type of deal. I'm on IR. <laughs> the janitor IR. All right. On that note, on the janitor IR note, we're going to wrap things up. Uh, we're going to uh, thank our guest, Rob uh, Leinhart. Rob, you got to come back for, you got to come back. We'll talk. I feel like we got into your basketball stories. We didn't get too much into those baseball stories. So you definitely got to come back on the show and uh, share some of those baseball stories. Um, and you're coaching basketball now, so we'll have to see uh, how the modified season goes. How many games do you guys usually get? Like 15, 16? Or is it like, yeah, is it drastically less than? It's, I mean, especially with the ECIC schools, it's, I mean, it's essentially like a season. Yeah. So it's, it's, I'm guessing it's not as much as a JV or varsity schedule, but. No, it's basically take away the, not, the non leagues. Okay. So that's still, that's not bad. Um, beautiful. Matt. Why don't you close the show out? Uh, people you want are, me to close the show out? You close the show out. People are tired of hearing me I don't talk. know what to do. You've heard me say this nonsense, Instagram, all that fun stuff. I zone out when you talk. Like most of my students. <laughs> after the ring thing, I mean, it's tough not to zone out. <laughs> yeah, after I know that you're just prideless in this. Goodness Hey, gracious. listen, you got to take it where you can. It's all about spitting the story. I guess. All right. Um, well, uh, join us next week. We have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, MySpace. Um, <laughs> MySpace. Hit us up on LinkedIn, man. Um, we should, I was thinking of starting a LinkedIn page for that. No, that would be a disgrace to LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Um, not Lincoln. Not Lincoln Park. Uh, yeah. No, next week, uh, I don't know what we're talking about. Hopefully not Tommy John surgery. Next week, we'll uh, we'll need a guest if anybody wants to come on. But the week after that, we got uh, Pete Lepiani, soccer referee. Isn't, um, that the Thanksgiving, isn't that Thanksgiving week? Is it? No, it's the weekend or the two. Well, yeah, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So Pete. Uh, so we can have our Thanksgiving episode. Our, our, our Thanksgiving episode. We'll be talking cornbread casseroles, all kinds of fun stuff, turkey Can we stuffing. actually bring, can we bring in food this time? Yeah, we'll bring in food. Sweet. Absolutely. Uh, Pete Lepiani's going to come in. He's the uh, the my dude referee. No, the the, the my dude accomplice. The my dude accomplice. <laughs> A good buddy of mine. So we'll talk. I'm sure we'll bring that story up against the my dude. Um, my guy. My guy. Or my guy. Yeah, not my dude. My, or was it? No, my dude. My dude. Um. But uh, we'll talk about that. You deserve to be called my dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm that. I'm my dude with the Super Bowl ring. That's not going to sell it. <laughs> but all right. As always, um, make sure you guys tune in next week for another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines and Go Bills. <laughs> <laughs>